Hey everyone, my name is Fernie and I am the pastor at Mid-City Church and I want to welcome you back as we enter into the second half of our second season at the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. We have a special treat for you. I've invited my friend Catherine to come and share a message and I'll tell you a little bit of a backstory. So she was supposed to preach at another United Methodist Church a couple weeks ago. She got sick, then we rescheduled and then stuff happened that she wasn't able to preach it. But I just knew that we needed to share that message and so I'm glad you're joining us to, to share that message today. And I know you guys are in for a big treat. She's going to kind of uh, rehash a little bit of what we've talked about, but it's so important because it leads us right into our next conversation about Ruth and the book of Ruth. So, Catherine, thank you for being here. And do you want to say anything before we start? Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Fernie. And um, yeah, we're going to go through Luke 7 a little bit, which is what uh, Fernie taught us about a few weeks ago. Um, so, but God was putting on my heart for this message as I reflected on this last year too. So thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. So get ready because here we go. Catherine Bibbins. I've been going to Mid-City for about a year now, and we've been in a small group and enjoyed going to the services. It's um, me and my husband, Aaron, and my daughter, Josephine. She's seven months old, and we just love being a part of this community. Um, so it's New Year's, and I was just going to share a quick message about everything God's taught me over the last year, both through my experiences and His Word. So um, just starting out, uh, New Year's is a really big day in our family because it's mine and Aaron's wedding anniversary. We got married on one so it's really easy to remember. Um, and what we do every year is highs and lows of the last year. So, you know, what's our highest high and our lowest low when we talk about it? So um, first, I'm going to share my highs and lows and what I saw God doing in that. And then I'm going to go through a passage of the Bible that also has highs and lows. So um, first, my high would be um, I had my first daughter, Josephine, and um, first baby, Josephine, and she's amazing. I would say my high was not actually, you know, childbirth because that wasn't super fun, but um, would be like all the, the time that we spend together. So like every evening we go on a walk together. She's a really big giggler and she loves being outside and um, we'll sit on the porch at the end and just hang out and she is so much fun and it's just the biggest blessing. So I this is an example of a high where it's really obvious to see God's presence in it, right? Like he gives you a blessing and you can immediately turn that back to praise. You know that it comes from him because every good thing comes from him and you see something like that and it's it's really obvious. Um so then um my low from the year actually started about a year ago. So we moved to Baton Rouge on New Year's Eve. That is not below. Moving here is not below. Um, but um, 
I had been working for KitchenAid up in Michigan when we moved, and I was working remotely. I'd been working remote for two years, and I'd been at the company for two years and three months, so most of the time. And I was pregnant. I was expecting a baby in May, and um, my husband Aaron had gotten this great job at LSU, so uh, we had moved down here, and I asked if I could be remote, and they said they'd look into it. Come to find out, they decided that I could not stay remote like we were. They did not know when we'd go back to the office, but they said it would be up to my director how long I could stay. Um, So I get the news in January that they've decided to terminate my employment when I um, would be in my 36th week pregnant. And so this was very disappointing news because I was not expecting to lose my job in the first place since I was already remote. I wasn't expecting to lose it right before having a baby, um, especially from a company that had talked so much about family and prioritizing employees. And then um, it just, you have a lot of hormones in that time, so that doesn't help either. So I started looking for other jobs And, um, but I had this like two or three week span in there where I was just probably in the lowest place I can remember. I, um, had, was dealing with so much depression. I even had a suicidal thought, which when you're pregnant is really scary. And it was just the lowest I can remember. And no matter what I did, um, you know, I would pray, I'd talk to God about it, talk to my friends, but no matter what I did, it was like I couldn't get lifted out of this really low place. Um, so, you know, when I started talking about it, there are so many people that, um, even that I just met, right, like a week or a couple of weeks before, who in this community who really came around and said, you know, people have these feelings, these are normal, and like we work through it with God. And, um, God really started working with me. And then I got this, we're praying, we're praying for this provision. And then I get a phone call. It's from, um, my old, like senior director. And he called and said, Hey, I heard what happened. That's so terrible. I'm so sorry that you're having to go through that. And I said, Oh, well, thanks. I I appreciate that. I don't like it either. And, um, so he said, well, um, I'd like you to come work for me. Uh, it would be, you know, the same type of work, but it would be a promotion. You'd get more pay, um, and you'd get to be remote and you'd have maternity leave and you can start. Um, so they ended up starting me, um, when I was 30 weeks along. And so I basically, saw everything turn around from being in a position where I really couldn't see it turning out good. I was like, I guess, I assume this is just one of those times that's just bad and you don't know why. Um, And I couldn't really see it going well. I was like, who's going to, I'm huge. Who is going to hire me? You know, nobody. Um, And then God completely said, oh, well, what you thought was impossible and what frankly, any human would probably render 
very unlikely. God was like, that was really easy for me. I resolved it in like five minutes one day. And so um, this was a situation where I had a low, but then I was able to see God completely transform it um, into a place that's been very supportive to work for. Um, so, uh, however that happened in January and we know that new year's is just a point in time, right? So that could have happened when I was doing this exercise and I could have been in the middle of the low and not been able to see, um, at the end of the year when God's faithfulness would come through if or when. Um, so that being said, um, the passage I wanted to look at was Luke seven and it's a long one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some and then talk about it and then read some more and talk about it. Um, so it starts with this story. It calls the faith of the centurion. So it says when Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There was a centurion servant whom his master valued highly. Um, he was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed, for I myself and a man, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So here's a guy. If this had just happened, it's the end of the year, you ask him for his highs and lows, he's probably going to tell you the story. Um, when we talk about the servant, his master valued, it means it was precious to him. So this is someone in his life who is precious to him that he's about to lose. And that would have been a really low low, but he sees how God transforms it into an amazing high, right? So this is similar to what I experienced this year. I can really relate to this story. The next one is really similar. Jesus raises a widow's son. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and surrounding, in the surrounding country. So you see when it says the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. This is like compassion. That, that word means like he has compassion on her. He says, don't cry. He doesn't want her to be sad. He doesn't want her to be upset. He doesn't want her to mourn. Um, now the result of this is again, very similar to my story, a really low, low that God transforms to a high. So you see this result, there's awe and praising God. And we can all easily see how these situations, whether it's a high or a low into a high, bring us to do that. Um, people say God has come to help his people. And this help means God is looking after and caring for his people. 
So now we go to the last story, which is a little different. And this is about John the Baptist. So it says, John's disciples told him about all of these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. So you look at this and it's a really different situation because there's all these people who are suffering and Jesus helped them. And John is suffering, but Jesus is not helping him. John is sitting in prison, which we know the Roman prison is really terrible. And Jesus says he comes to set the captives free and um, to heal people and he's healing people, but there's a captive who's not being set free. Not only that, this is John who's, who's given his life to paving the way for Jesus. Um, he ate bugs and lived in the desert and wore scratchy clothes, all things that none of us would want to do. And now he's sitting in prison. And so this way that Jesus is saving other people is not materializing in the same way for John that it was for everyone else. And that's really hard to look at uh, when your Messiah doesn't look the way that you expected him to. And um, originally I was like, so I should stop there. And my husband was like, I feel like there's more. <laughs> like there's probably more to it because you have to think about um, – that the story of John doesn't end there. Um, and so he was right. Um, when you look at Jesus's response, um, what he says is he describes who John, I won't read the whole long thing, but he describes who John was and he describes that John was more than a prophet. So he gives this, this great, um, this great speaking into his identity. And then he, it also says, um, Luke, the author says all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. So you have validation here that all the work that John did was effective. And what happens in the end is, is John is beheaded in prison as a prize for a little girl's dance, which is like not even, like an honorable way to go and you'd have to think wow is this really what happens is this where the story ends for somebody like this but it's not because God does have his justice later the guy that did that to him gets eaten by worms in front of everybody um so there's an earthly portion to that but then there's the heavenly portion and that's where we know if all of this is true John receives so much blessing in heaven at the end um, as the one who paved the way for the Messiah. And um, sometimes that means that if our moment of reflection, we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, God doesn't guarantee that that everything is going to be perfect because that would be heaven and not earth. 
Um, so we have the promises that we have in heaven to hold on to if we're in a time right now where it's a low and it's hard to see the bright point. Um, we can either think about the time when God will totally redeem it and we can have that praise or we can praise for the time that we know is coming in the end when God fulfills all of his promises there. So, um, I don't know if this sounds like a hopeful message or not, but that was my original intent. Um, but to basically encourage anyone if they are in the point where they're in the middle of that low, that, that God has more to the story. Um, he has more to say about who you are, what you've done, and what's to come, either now or in heaven. And there's a lot to be hopeful for because of that. So with this new year, I would just challenge everyone to think about your highs and how that causes you to be in awe and praise God, just like these people were. Um, think about the journey that some of those highs had to go through to get to that point. And then when it comes to the lows, just submitting that to God saying, I understand maybe my Messiah doesn't look the way I wanted him to right now, but I'm going to hold on to the promises of what I know the Messiah is like um, in the days to come. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church slash sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermon cast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.